Do you feel stuck? Has your podcast stopped gaining new listeners? Do you wish your community was more engaging? I know that a lack of engagement can make you feel like nobody cares about your podcast or nobody wants to hear what you have to say, but in most cases, that's simply not true. It's more likely that your loyal listeners just haven't found you yet. Your artwork, your titles, your descriptions haven't done enough to catch their eye. Now, I'm not here to sell you on an easy button. There will be some work involved, but the first step is to get another experienced set of eyes on your project. It can be difficult to objectively examine and evaluate your own work. So head over to thepodcastersguild.com and book a podcast audit. From there, we can work together to make sure your loyal listeners are able to find your show and understand why this is the show they've been looking for. Join me at thepodcastersguild.com and we'll get started today. How should I promote my podcast? So often when new podcasters ask this question, they're met with the response of social media. Use social media to promote your podcast. Well, what does that look like? On the surface, it sounds like a great answer because it's free and it's likely you already have access to social media, but how can you effectively use social media to promote your podcast? That's what we'll be diving into today. Podcast Better is for you, the podcaster, or soon-to-be podcaster, who has a business, a cause, or a hobby that you're passionate about. Each week, we'll take a closer look at the mental, physical, and technical skills necessary to produce a quality show that your fans will want to listen to. Thanks for sharing part of your day with me so that we can podcast better together. Welcome, 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 fellow podcaster, back to another episode of Podcast Better. Today, I once again want to jump into the gigantic topic of podcast promotion, but I'm not alone. I have with me Ken Pescator. Ken has been podcasting for the last four and a half years, but he's been listening to podcasts for the past 10 years. He's the owner and founder of the Pokemon Professor Network, which is a podcast-centric content network. Ken is a podcast host, producer, freelance audio engineer, but he's also a social media maestro, and that's why I brought him on the show today. Ken is ready and willing to share all of his social media knowledge with us, as well as a few other out-of-the-box promotion methods that he's cooked up. One of his creations even involves a St. Patrick's Day parade. You won't want to miss this episode, so let's dive into the interview. When was it that you really decided like podcasting is something you wanted to do for a long time? So in my past, I've always had some degree of creative outlet. I was a touring musician for a while. Uh, you know, I was on the road playing shows, all that good stuff. And, and I found myself owning a home, having a family, having a kid, and not having the luxury of being able to spend time outside of the house, uh, you know, working 50, 60 hours a week. I was looking for a way to have a creative outlet that would still allow me to have excellent home life balance. And podcasting was exactly that because I knew that I could simply sacrifice sleep and be able to produce great content from my home uh, after hours when the normal people went to sleep. That's an interesting way to go about it. I, I've heard that similar concept of people wanting to find a creative outlet when they're stuck at home. And it's amazing how often podcasting comes up for that. 
Absolutely. I mean, the the accessibility has really what attracted me to it initially. Nominal investment in hardware. You know, again, I was used to playing guitar where I would have, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollar rig versus, you know, having to invest a couple hundred bucks into, you know, a basic USB mic and and I'm off to the races. So it was very accessible. And that way, if uh, for whatever reason I didn't like it or I needed to pull out or it didn't work out, the financial investment was uh, wasn't too significant. So a few months ago, I was talking to you about podcasting and how to get more listeners uh, to listen to your podcast. And I asked you what you were doing. And one of the big things you told me you were doing was kind of investing in social media. What is it that you do with social media to promote your podcasts? Well, the main thing I do is I, I enter the fray with the mindset that 99% of the people that, that are going to be reading my social media posts or seeing a response from me have never listened to a single podcast in their life. So I, I look at that true. as an exceptional opportunity, not only to be an advocate for the format, but to empower someone with an additional you know path to content. And when you have that kind of framework going into it, it's almost like every word that I type on social me- social media, I look at from the lens of this is a pitch. And, and when I do that, it makes me exceptionally aware of the wording that I use, the grammar that I use, the vibe, the culture that I'm you know putting out in the words that I choose, how I'm formatting things, and really just attacking social media in a way of saying, this is going to be, you know, I need to exploit every free avenue that I possibly have to get in front of new people. And I could do that in a very casual way where I could just be conversing with someone. Little do they know that I'm actually pitching them on my podcast or pitching them on the format. And it just seems that it's, it's guised in this, this conversation. So I, I really like to, to find what culture is happening on a specific platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it may be, and figure out ways that I can kind of infiltrate different subsets of communities within those formats and, you know, plug myself into those communities passively. And in doing that, turn people on to podcasts. And then, you know, just like a, in a sales environment, when I, I, I put a, you know, I'm fishing the line out. And as soon as I feel the bobber go up and down, that's when I'll go in and I'll start to get into detail. So it's really just a, a way of consumer acquisition without having to financially invest. And really all it takes is time and know-how. So I kind of look at social media as this just untapped ocean of potential listeners, many of who I need to sell on the format of podcasting at first and then sell them on what I'm saying. So I think you're getting close to saying what I want you to want you to say or want you to answer, but it, it, I've been told that a lot of social media doesn't work for podcasters because when you post on social media, you're just broadcasting to people who are already listening to your shows. So what are you doing differently? How are you getting in contact with the people that aren't listening to shows? The, there's a couple different techniques that I have here. Uh, one being, you know, and this is something that you're going to make sure, and it seems like basics of kind of like social media 101, but you want to have, uh, you know, your social media handle and the photo that you're using in social media. You want that to have some degree of actionable curiosity. I want them to look at my profile picture and be intrigued. I want them to look at my name and be intrigued to where they're going to click on that and at least get them to my side of the social media fence. Okay. And then, so that's, that's one thing. But really, getting in front of new people, the best thing to do 
is capture that audience, not through your own posts. It's going to be commenting on other posts, finding people that have similar likes, interests, passions, and engaging in those conversations passively as a member of the community, not as someone pitching a podcast. Because the more I, I could interact with someone who put up a post about, you know, the weather, but if I'm in that thread that has a hundred replies to it, 20 of them are mine. I've now taken 80 people or whatever it is, 80 posts worth of people mm-hmm. that are now getting my brand recognition by looking at my name 20 times over, just again, creating that air of a slight anxiety. Oh, what is this? I keep seeing this. So drawing them in with, you know, not only great conversation, but having some kind of intriguing name, a a cool photo or logo, something that, that, you know, may match their interests, pulling them in like that. And then, you know, once they, once they land on my page, you know, that's a whole other ballgame of, of hoping to have compelling information there to, to keep them and retain them. Okay, that, that's starting to make more sense now. So we know you talk about Pokemon, like that, that's where your podcasting niche is. So what kind of topics would you look to comment on to inject yourself into those conversations? So this is actually where social media drives the ship, because anyone can report on news. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would say that a, a, a large portion of our show and the content within our show is news because there's so much to report on. There's things happening. You know, we're a weekly show. There's things happening every day. So we're going to spend and dedicate a certain amount of time and effort into the news. The bad thing about that is there could be another show down the street that's doing the same exact thing. Yes, a podcast is going to be built around the personalities of the hosts, and that's what's important. But the content itself is really what has to be compelling enough for someone to want to listen again or share or become a raving fan or whatever it may be. So the topics that we're going to cover that are outside of the typical news cycle, which everyone else is going to be covering, I pull that all directly from the community within social media. I want to find topics that what the way we've we've been successful on with our podcast is we attack conversations and attack communication that is typically shunned by other podcasts because it's not easy to talk about. I want to find things that's splitting the community. I want to find things that get people emotionally charged positively or negatively. And I want to bring those people together. And when I do that, you have this explosion of culture, this explosion of emotion and compelling content that both sides are going to want to listen to. I could, I don't even care if they hear what's on the other side and and they get swayed from one side to the other. I just want to create compelling content to make them want to listen because they're not used to hearing these conversations out loud. They may talk about it in the locker room with their friends. They may talk about it within their circles, but from a media or a content creation perspective, no one's really talking about some of these topics. So when they hear that, you know, broadcast, it's, it's a little bit more exciting because these are topics that, you know, typically aren't covered in the podcast space. And that's what we've been able to do exceptionally well with. That makes a lot of sense. One of the other fascinating things you mentioned is that you are able to convert people who don't listen to podcasts. Have you been able to have conversations with any of those people and like ask them, what was it that finally made you listen to one of our podcasts and get, get, get them hooked? Or do do you know what it is that, uh, like finally gets them to that point where they even give it a shot. Absolutely. So it's, it's definitely going to start with consistency of social media posting. 
I need to get in front of this person multiple times, multiple days, multiple times of the day, not only for brand recognition, but so they learn just by the culture of my volume of posting that I have something to say. Then I want to make sure, you know, they may not have a podcast app downloaded on their phone. They've never listened to a podcast before. So how am I going to be able to communicate with this person outside of social media? Well, you need to go to where they are. So you need to become part of a community, figure out where the conversations are happening, and then insert yourself into those scenarios. So for a lot of our non-podcast listeners that we've acquired, and we have a large segment of, of listeners who say we're the only podcast they've listened to because we're their first. And then hopefully that expands because I love the format, mm-hmm. but we were able to harness YouTube, which an audio podcast should never think is a priority, but the shareability on social media of YouTube is so familiar to content consumers. They're used to watching videos. They're used to seeing a preview of a video with a little triangle on it. They know if they click on that, that it's going to hit play and they're going to be entertained. So I can take my audio podcast, make a really cool thumbnail that's going to be compelling and tell the story of what's going to be covered in the hour-long show in, in a single image, put that on YouTube, even though we don't have, you know, it's not about the subscribers. It's not about the number of views you get. It's just stamping in their brain that there's content to be had. And if it's available, they can check it out and use that YouTube as your, your, your tasting spoon, like at the ice cream place. You know, you go and you get a little bite. So I can, you you know, put the put the link with the thumbnail up on Twitter. They can play it within their Twitter feed and get the first 30 seconds of the show. I mean, the whole show is there, but they might listen to the first 30 seconds. That hook is typically enough to get people to be intrigued enough to go further. They may jump around in the YouTube video. They may then say, all right, well, I want to hear more. Do I necessarily want to download a whole nother podcast app? Like, what do I do? So it's, again, just providing a place for them to listen, going to where they are. And what we've done recently is we're, you know, we, we'll take different segments of the show, sound bites, 20 seconds, 40 seconds, and make these audiograms out of them mm-hmm. that are exceptionally shareable on social media where someone can listen to a 30 segment bump of my show and get an understanding. We make sure that the, the, the audio clip that we use in those bumps is defining of the personality of the hosts, defining of the culture of the show and gets them enticed to say, Hey, this is a conversation I could see myself having. And then when you put that in front of them in social media, that's the shareability. They may have a good friend that they, I could picture us talking about this or what do you can't believe what this guy said? So using all those tools to kind of uh, just dangle the carrot in front of a new listener, you know, is typically enough, but I've seen that path happen many times from social media, never listened to a podcast before, see the, sees the links every single day that are on YouTube, finally heads over to the YouTube channel. There's plenty there to sample, listens to it a little bit, thinks it's something they can, they can get into. And then the next step is going to be downloading, downloading the episodes, you know, through a podcatcher or something like that. So what I'm hearing is it's a long path from your first contact with someone to finally getting them to actually listen to the show, right? Exceptional long game. Okay. It's an exceptional long game. I, I, I'm all on board for that because I, I, I don't like these easy buttons. They, I mean, they're not sustainable. So I'm okay with that path. My, my question though, because I know other people are going to have it, is are you able to accurately track 
how effective your efforts are or are you just happy as long as the numbers keep going up, it must be working? You know, in my, and I work in, in digital marketing in my day job. So I'm constantly in Google Analytics. I'm constantly looking at ROI. I'm constantly looking at all this stuff. And for most podcasts, myself included, the volume isn't necessarily that great to the point where I need to be worried about the ones and zeros. I'm more concerned through social with creating a highly engaged audience than getting numbers of how many downloads I get. And social is the best way to kind of uh, be a catalyst to that because you want, you know, every podcaster wants that vibe of their show where the listener can feel like they're in the room with them. They can feel like they're hanging out. They're part of the conversation. So when I'm able to take the topics that we cover on the show, engage the audience on social media, there's plenty of times where I'll have conversations on social media about topics that are on the show and the person I'm conversing with never listened to the show. And that's okay because I'm I'm looking at it all as opportunities to build rapport, build rapport, and eventually they're going to give podcasting a shot. And then typically when you know they give it a shot, they're hooked, even if we're the only show they listen to. Uh, I just want them to bridge the gap between I'm, you know, someone who's watching five or six hours of YouTube a week to someone who's going to say, all right, I'll commit 45 or 60 minutes a week to a podcast. And that conversion uh, is becoming easier over time as, you know, especially in the Pokemon world, as the, you know, the video content kind of has the ebbs and flows of those creators. So, you know, it's, it's just a constant swell of of how to move with the community and figure out how to best you know capture uh any opportunity wherever it wherever the in the stage of you know their podcasting behavior is and and for the most part the people that are on social are not the people listening to podcasts it's interesting to hear you explain this process because the more i think about it i think that's actually kind of how i got into podcasting myself i a mutual friend of ours josh brown he was the one i was following on social about you know all the toys to life stuff and when he finally said we're starting a podcast like i kind of laughed it off at first i've told him this story before but i I, like i'm like you can't you can't have a whole podcast just about that one topic and i'm like there's no way you're gonna have enough content but i gave it a shot after a while like i think they're on their third or fourth episode by the time i tried it out and it's like oh okay then i kind of just stuck around and stuck around and stuck around and for probably the first year, like that was the only podcast I listened to. It wasn't until later I started listening to more and saying, okay, there's other content out here as well. But you're right. That, that works. I think it worked on me. That's a very common trajectory for, for listeners is they're going to be on the fence. You, you have to work hard to build awareness, not only that there's a show, but how to consume the show, where to go, how to do it, how to download it. And then once they do listen, they'll slowly under start understanding the format. And once they start understanding the format, it, they get a little bit more comfortable with saying, I need to explore. And, and you, you can kind of liken this to how YouTube is the second most popular search engine in the world. Mm-hmm. There's, very, there's a lot of situations where personally, I'll find something new or have a new interest. And the first thing I'm going to do is search for podcasts. Because I know that there's going to be a plethora of content there, and it's going to be delivered by exceptionally passionate people. Now, finding one that jives with me is going to be very difficult, 
because there's a, typically, you know, you could you could search water bottles and you could find five podcasts about water bottles, you know. But the finding the one that speaks to you per, on a personal level, that's the that's the challenge of of finding a new listener where someone might be okay with sifting through four, five, six YouTube videos to find the one they want about, you know, oh, I need to walk through this video game. There's ten thousand videos that came back in this result for you know level three walkthrough. You might jump through one, two, three, four, five videos till you find someone with a timbre of their voice that sounds comforting, someone who's got good production quality, and someone that just jibes with you. And that's typically what happens with the podcast listener. They're they're out in outer space. They've never listened to a podcast. They finally come in. They find one podcast they like, and then they get more acclimated to how the format of podcasting works. And then before you know it, they're like, well, you know, I don't just like Pokemon. I like baseball. I want to learn about baseball. Let me just put the word baseball in the search bar. And then before you know it, they're listening to a baseball podcast. And then that just spirals and spirals and spirals. And then that's how you be, you find these raving fans and the advocates for, you know, the format at large. And then, you know, that's, that's, that's the, the life cycle that of bringing someone from the outside that's never listened before and giving them compelling content to the point where they want to, you know, explore the format even more. Yeah, you, you just explained one of the tenants I've been teaching since day one is they come for the content, but they stay for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially when you have some, you know, like with me, we, we do, you know, 50% of the content on our show is news. And, and not to say that we're just regurgitating a, a, a press release, but that news, when you talk about black and white, can be shared by five other podcasts. The same exact and data. probably was shared by five other sure. podcasts. I, 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 believe me, I listen to all my competitive podcasts, all mm-hmm. the competitors. I listen to all of them. And we're all talking about the same stuff week in, week out. But everyone's going to deliver that in a different way and have a different perspective and have a different emotion and culture associated with that. And that's where, you know, you you find your audiences and figure out, you know, well, this is why people listen to my show. And then this is why those people listen to that show, because there's different things that work for different people with how they consume that information. So a- absolutely. I mean, it's more so than than any other non-visual format. Podcasting is 100 uh, percent. Personality is exceptionally important. Otherwise, we could just, you know, use a voice recorder and just like let it let it read speech to text with the data. No, people want to hear someone talk about it. They want to feel that passion. They want to share that 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 love of whatever the topic is again to make that feeling of oh i'm in the room i'm talking with one of my buddies so i hear you're very passionate about not only podcasting but doing the social media aspect of it as well and with how much effort you're putting into it do you have any idea how much time you spend per day per week per month on social media so i needed to kind of quote you know tame this a bit because I'm from the mindset of, I want to go, go, go. Sure. So I'm plugged into the matrix 24 seven. I don't stop. Um, one of the biggest things I can recommend is regardless of when you get a notification, you reply. And I reply to a hundred percent of the things that I'm tagged in. And it doesn't matter if I'm at the dinner table or I'm at, you know, online at the post office, whatever it may be, I'm plugged into the matrix 24 seven. So with my actual production work, sitting in front of a computer and doing podcast work, I actually punch in and punch out because I want to measure my time. And I mean, there's, you know, there's, you know, I I could work 60 hours a week in my day job, but I'm still clocking 30 to 40 hours a week on podcasting. 
that's not including the daily social media barrages that I do anytime I pick up the phone. And the screen time on my screen time on my phone is like 18, 19 hours a day. Wow. Now, do I recommend that? Absolutely not. But if you're a madman like me and you just want to make something happen, that's the level of commitment. So I mean it's like that's but that's the bad thing about social media. I mean, we've we're now, you know, we're we're being downloaded in in 60 countries and they're from all different time zones. So I want to reply to the person that's in Australia just as much as I want to reply to the person in New York City. However, I don't want to reply to that person's post when they're sleeping. So I got to insert myself and make myself available 24-7. And that's just the commitment, the level of commitment that I've had to this. Uh, so finding that balance is crazy. But uh, I, I wouldn't even know how to differentiate my I'm not in podcast networking mode versus I am in podcast networking mode because it's just always turned on. So it, it's it's really hard to say how much time, but I, I just look at it as I'm always on call. Fair enough. It sounds like social media is your primary method of marketing and promoting your podcasts. Is there anything else you do on top of that or separate from that? If you have any time left over. Right. So we've, uh, we're, we're starting to try new things and we've, uh, we're just getting into working with vendors, working with sponsorship deals, that kind of thing. We're starting to pull in that kind of stuff. So that's going to be a new realm for us. Like, you know, um, you know, we, we, we talk about Pokemon. We have two different companies that we work with for Pokemon card with sponsorships. We have one that's going to provide us with money and one that's going to provide us with product. So we kind of maximize those to create content, use both of those to create content. So it's kind of, uh, this cyclical, you know, recycling of our energy and our efforts back right, right back into the process. Uh, so working with vendors, and, and, and sponsors is new to us, but that's something that we're, we're really, really pursuing, uh, not only to, to finally, you know, monetize things, but also to put ourselves in front of new people, uh, that may have, we may have a common interest in the product and that product might not be you know, directly connected to Pokemon. So it's, it's just opening me up to new audiences. So that's one thing. And, uh, the next thing is, Probably the biggest thing in which I could take advantage of with the Pokemon Go community, because it is a real life outdoor community, is I'm working with about four or five different local towns and their chambers of commerce right now to be in like the St. Patrick's Day parade and things like that to bring like a huge crowd of people together that are all into Pokemon Go and march in a parade and we're literally going to have like a truck playing Pokemon music and us holding banners and flags of the podcast walking down like Main Street in like suburbia, New Jersey to like that promote is, Pokemon. Wow. So, One of the most unique methods it, I've it, ever it, it heard of. It wouldn't work if Pokemon Go wasn't a thing. Yeah. Because people are so used to seeing people out playing Pokemon Go. It's those people. So now we're going to just get those people and say, look, we, you know, I play in Red Bank, New Jersey. It's my favorite town in the world. And we're, we're very, very passionate about that town. It's become a mecca of Pokemon Go players. And we're going to be marching in the, the Red Bank parades, you know, in 2021, whenever they happen. That's amazing. And because of that, we're able to get banners made that all, you know, will be in the newspapers, that will be in the, the local patch, you know, online site. 
outside of the box ways of, of attacking new things. So that, that, that's a whole nother thing. And then collaboration, collaboration is, is, is without a doubt the, the number one way to acquire uh, existing podcast listeners that may not know your show specifically. So, you know, we talked about using social to, to draw people in from the outside uh, collaborating with other podcasters is definitely the easiest way to pull people that are already acclimated to what podcasts are all about. You got my mind reeling right now. Just thinking of the, you got to go outside the box, man. You got to think I, the crazy stuff. I can. Yes. I, I mean, <laughs> so much going on here. Yeah. I'm going to be holding a flag, like a banner and like the Pokemon theme is going to be playing out of my truck. That is wait. fantastic. I, I mean, okay. I, I might have to bring you back after that happens just to talk more about that and how that all went down and such. But I I do want to ask you one more thing before we wrap up here, because you brought it up a little bit and it's a little bit off topic, but uh, I know people are going to want to know more about it. You mentioned you, you starting to get some sponsorships going. Is that something that they approached you or you approached them or how how did that start? So it, it's it's gone both ways. There's a lot of... There's a lot of companies that, while they may not advertise it, they may have some degree of affiliate programs available, and we want to exploit all those opportunities. So I'm going to find companies that offer this, and I'm going to apply to all of them. And then when they come back and say, okay, this is what you got to do, you fill out this application, these are the features, benefits, we find the one that works best for us, and we go with that. We've been fortunate enough to, to be successful in the Pokemon space where we have plenty of people now reaching out to us to endorse their products, to do reviews, talk about it on the show, which is going to be great for us because we're then going to be able to branch more into visual mediums and, and video and through Instagram and all that TikTok and all that stuff. Like, uh, we, you know, we're sponsored by a card distributor. So the card distributor gives us like a, co- a coupon code to use at, at checkout. They send, uh, you know, they send us Pokemon cards every week. We don't have to buy Pokemon cards anymore. It's fantastic. But then just this week we landed a deal with, uh, a company that makes Pokemon accessories, binders, sleeves, that kind of thing. And, you know, we worked it out where we would get a box full of product in reg- in exchange for some reviews and some plugs on the show. And that kind of thing, we were fortunate enough to kind of have uh, fall in our lap because of the, the efforts that we've put in. Uh, but we had a really interesting, and this is a really cool product, it's called Robin, R-O-B-N. And it's like this piece of athletic tech wear that looks like backpack straps, but it's just the straps that go around your back and it's Bluetooth speakers. Interesting. So you can go jogging and running and hands-free listen to your music. You can answer calls. It's got lights on it. It's got safety lights. It's got flashlights. So I reached out to the company and I said, you know what? This would be awesome for Pokemon people because they we, we started this, this promotion, hashtag listen while you play. People are playing Pokemon. They're using their eyes. They're using their hands, but mm-hmm. they're not necessarily using their ears. So how can we combine all of this to get them to listen to the show when they're actually out spending hours playing this game outdoors? So we started this listen while you play. And I was like, man, this product would be perfect. You can have someone that goes camping, someone that goes on a hike, and they're going to be playing Pokemon Go out in the woods. And they don't want to have, you know, they... They need to plug their phone into their charger. So it's not like they could plug their headphones into their phone. So it's like, how can I have another way? So I reached out to this company cold and I said, hey, I'm this guy that has a podcast. I think this product would be appealing to our consumers. We'd love to review it. And it's like a $250 product. They sent us a bunch of them. And it's like, you know, all we had to do is talk about it one or two times and review it. So it's 
not common that you can just cold reach out to a company, but what I recommend, and I haven't really done this yet, but what I recommend is reaching out to uh, companies on Kickstarter that are not in production yet, but that are willing to send out prototypes. It might be a little bit easier accessibility to speak with like the designer <laughs> or the marketing person in charge by dropping a, a note on their Kickstarter rather than just like looking for the you know info at apple.com and just sending a blanket email. I hope someone <laughs> reads it. So it, it's it's a combination of all of it, but I'm always, like I said, I'm always on call. I'm always in the mode of how can I network at all times? So if I see a product that's kind of cool and I think there could be some, you know, reasoning that my, my audience would be interested in it, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to send them an email or call them up and talk to them like I own the joint. That's just how I roll. That's beautiful. Well, I, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I'm sure your phone's probably blowing up with you being off social media for the past half hour. <laughs> But I, I, I thank you so much for the time here. And I like I said, I think we might have to get you back on here to talk more about what you're doing and, and, and thinking outside the box there, because that, that I, I would love to. Mind. I would love to. I, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for the format of podcasting. I, I love talking about podcasting and, you know, I love being able to take my experience working in digital marketing and social media and, you know, apply that to the podcast space. And, you know, it's been, it's been successful on my end and I'd love to be able to, uh, to help some other people find some new listeners on social media just by doing some, you know, pretty routine and basic stuff. Wonderful. So final thing, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, follow whatever you're doing, just give me a rundown of what you're up to and where they can get in touch with you. So just check out pokemonprofessor.com. That's kind of the hub website of the network. Uh, we've got three core podcasts that we that we have uh, right on the homepage, Lured Up, which is about Pokemon Go, Gotta Watch Them All, which is about the anime, and Special Conditions, which is about the TCG, the card game. So all that stuff is on PokemonProfessor.com. And if you go there, you'll have you know links to all our downloads, to every episode, to all our social, all that good stuff. It, just check out that website, and, and you can find us uh, everywhere we are on the web from there, PokemonProfessor.com. Thank you so much, Ken. I can't thank you enough for today's episode. It's it's honestly going to be one of my favorites. So I hope everybody else enjoys it as well. So thank you for your time. Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. As I teased last week on social media, I think this is one of the best episodes to date. I got a lot out of it and I hope you did too. Just a few quick highlights I want to pull out before we go though. Ken mentioned that you really need to make the most out of every free avenue you have to promote. Social media accounts are free. But if used properly, they can be very powerful. This means it's not all about selling your stuff directly. In fact, Ken would encourage you to dive into other people's conversations. Get your face and your brand in front of other people's audiences simply by interacting and being social with them. When you do share your own original content, make sure it's engaging. You want to create a piece of content perhaps an audiogram like we discussed back in episode 56, that will get the people on the other end to think, this is a conversation that I could be having. When the audience is in that mindset, they're far more likely to share your content or just start engaging with your posts. And that might lead to the biggest takeaway. Ken concerns himself with creating a highly engaged audience. He cares far more about this than the download numbers, and I truly believe This is what continues to drive his brand forward. I know this interview got me pumped up, and I hope it did the same for you as well. Go check out what Ken is doing at PokemonProfessor.com 
and then go interact with your audience. Be social and watch your brand grow. If you're starting a podcast soon, you're going to need a podcast hosting company. For that, there's only one company I recommend, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has a clean, user-friendly interface. Their system is set up to walk you through every step of the process you need to set up your podcast. But if you ever get stuck, I'm more than happy to help you out. Buzzsprout also has the best customer service I've ever experienced. So even if I'm unable to help, rest assured that your problem will be handled. You can try Buzzsprout free for 90 days to see what it's all about by using my affiliate link. Just go to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. That's thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. If you use that link and choose to upgrade to a paid plan, Buzzsprout will even send you a $20 Amazon gift card after your second paid month. It's a win for everybody. Let me know if you have any questions, but head on over to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout today, and I can't wait to see what you create.